What do you, you think of this one? Oh, that smells lovely. What? What is that? It's just called Watched. Huh. I mean, that does smell like things I've, things I've watched this week. Yeah, I'm getting, you know, yeah, some, some TV, some movies. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what about mm. this one? Ooh, ooh, that's, um, that's a bit lively. Yeah, it's got a little bit of a video yeah. gamey. Yeah. A bit board game. It's, it's certainly gamey, th- but things, not in a rabbit kind of way. Things I've played, I think. Oh, oh yeah, there it is, yeah. right on the bottom of the label there. Oh, okay. What, what about, uh, what about this little selection here? Oh, oh, let me, let me go sort of one by one. Let's go, let's go. Things I've listened to. That's, that's, that's definitely music in there and there's some podcasts in that one, I think. Ah. Uh, This one. Some kind of mix of queer trans ladies and skits. Could be. Uh, What about this last one? Do you want to take the last one? Ooh, um, mm, mm, mm. mm, this one's kind of funny, that one. That's a... Oh. Like a, oh, oh, silly voices. Oh, of course it is. Oh, okay. Well, I'm really digging the new Queer and Pleasant Strangers range of candles. <laughs> Greetings, strangers, Queer and Pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast. Two queer trans ladies, we have a catch-up and talk about the things we have media consumed in the week. Mm. How are you doing? Uh, mm. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like that. Um, How are you doing? I'm doing alright. I have finished the busy spell. Uh. Today, I sort of was just like, what do I do? What do I do? I'm not busy anymore. What do I do? I had that. Thing that happens when I stop doing a busy spell. Yes. The, the the first day that I'm not busy, I feel anxious and like I'm supposed to be doing something. Mm-hmm. But I think I got through that and I'm good. Nice. I'm glad. Yeah. So then, what have you been playing this week? Well, we played some more Deep Rock Galactic together we this did. week. You've dinged your first character? I've, I've promoted my first character. I have unlocked some cool armour for the third anniversary of the game. So my character's dressed up like a cool dragon, dragon. armoured dragon now, which dragon, is cool. Dragon. Uh, I started playing as a new character. So, mm. so far, I've entirely been playing this game as the gunner. They have zip lines that you can set up that permanently for everyone give you traversal options. And they have big guns that do big... They spin up and then they do very big hits. Yep. Um, and the shield. Yes, and they've got a shield they can drop every now and then that, that restores your shields and keeps you safe and it works for other team members as well. Mm-hmm. The gunner is my kind of character. That is the kind of character that I gravitate to in games like this. Make me big and tanky and just able to dish Stay out very... Stay in one place and do stuff. Yeah, stand in one spot and hit things real good. Um... I have tried playing now as the Scout, which is like the polar opposite, the zoomy, zoomy, zoomy character. So in theory, there's a lot I like about the the Scout. Uh, They have a a grappling hook that has like infinite uses. It's just on a a cooldown timer Mm -hmm. that can sort of zip you really long distances. It has much better sort of up and down vertical uh, range and better distance, I think, than the the zip line. Mm. Um... 
but it's not permanent and you can't sort of hang on the top of it and do mining and stuff, but you can really zip around a level with it. Oh, yes. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely pair it with the hover boots so that you can soften <laughs> your landings. Would recommend, yeah. Without the hover boots, it is a fairly lethal thing to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a gun that shoots flares into the ceiling. That's really useful, just to oh. light up levels. Super useful for the gunk seed levels where there's those um, pods sky hanging bollocks. off the ceiling. Yeah, the sky bollocks. Uh, being able to light up the ceiling and see where those things are makes those missions so much more doable. Mm-hmm. But I miss having a gun that is very strong and hits things very good and being a character that is not super squishy. I I like I like my shields and my big guns. If you could, my friend become dependent on shields. If you could give me the shields and the big gun and the zip around grappling hook and the light up the ceiling, perfect character. Done. <laughs> no, it's gotta have balance, you see. Who cares about balance? I'm gonna have fun. <laughs> Let me play a broken character. You can continue playing as the gunner if you want. No, I, I want to learn a new character. And as I said, I'm really enjoying the zipping around. I'm just, yeah. I'm having to get used to being squishier than I used to be, and having less damage output than I used to have, and being less able to fix a problem with oh shit, I'll just drop a shield. Mm-hmm. I. I have to not play the character the way I did before. I have to learn to run away from problems. Yes. Which I I don't I don't want to do that. I want I want to shoot him with a big gun. How have you been getting on with with Deep Rock Galactic? Uh, I am one level away from dinging a third character, and Ooh. I'm already about halfway through a fourth. Yeah. I started bri- briefly started playing as the gunner over the weekend because. Um, we we were playing with friend and it was like they usually play the driller so I couldn't play driller which is the character I had been leveling up so yeah I'm not good at the gunner yeah like I've played through three characters now so far they've all been really squishy I haven't found any of them as squishy as the gunner see that's the thing I found the gunner the least squishy well that's because you've got very used to switch to shield pop the shield down keep shooting yeah whereas that's... I'm like I need mobility and I don't have mobility because the gun is really slow. Yeah, that's the thing. They they are slow because like the whole way you should be playing the gunner, at least the way I played the gunner that worked well for me, was plonk yourself down in one spot, mm-hmm. um, shoot everything with the very big bullets. If the thing comes at you, you drop the shield because that will then basically force it to back off and turn away, which gives you a perfect opportunity to fear. yeah uh, to keep hitting it with the with the big bullets. Mm. Um, Make sure to shout that out to the other team members so they can make use of it, but basically shoot it until your shield looks like it's about to run out on your character, drop a shield, tell everyone to join you, back away after that. Um, It's a very different playstyle to the one you've been playing this game with. Yes. With three other characters, it's the first one that I've really gone, oh fuck, what, what, mm, I don't know what to do now. Ah. Oh no. Yeah, it's fine. Um, luckily, I'm already like halfway through that one, so I don't think it'll be too difficult. Um, yeah, I'm nearly done with the driller. I've got like half a level left to go on that. Yeah. And I will probably do the promotion missions for the driller while using the gunner so that I can yeah. get the levels in on that without sort of wasting them. Because once you hit level 25, you can't go any higher until you've been promoted. Yeah. Can you not do. Do you. You don't have to do the promotion missions as the class you're getting promoted no. in then. 
Oh, interesting. You just have to get someone to level 25. Or the, at least that's what the, the forums have said. So okay. I haven't tried it before, but this time it's like, well, you know, might as well get get me last one done. Because once I've got like one of each done, I can at least start equipping um, weapon mods. Yeah, yeah. We should help you play each character in closer to your style. Well, I mean, weapon mods are really hard to come by. Mm. Um, so it's it tends to be like you get three a week, one blank, one cosmetic, one um weapon. Okay. And then like I think you can get more on deep dives up to a maximum of six, but I've never managed to successfully do a deep dive yet. So well, something to work on. At some point, we'll try one together. Mm. See how that goes. Yeah. What about you? What have you been playing this week? Um, I played some Carto. It's available on the Xbox Game Pass. That's it, why I played it. Yeah, I, I played some of this. I also got it on Game Pass. Dangerous Godchild has the power to move the world around by looking at a map and shuffling things around. Yeah. Completely moving the lives of people that they meet. What if you could reshape reality by taking a square of a map and putting it somewhere else and now it's where you put it on the map? Yeah. But as a cute little chibi 2D art style adorable game. Slightly slightly cut out papercraft look to it. Yeah, it's it's about rearranging the world to get to places you're trying to get to. It's it apparently it's got no fail conditions. It's just a fun little puzzle adventure narrative which has been quite fun, but yeah. like we we played it on stream and it was quite fun to just be like the god child's <laughs> moving everyone's lives around. I if you upset the god child, they might just strand you on an island. <laughs> but like the, the the basic idea is like a character might describe, "Oh, I left such and such an item up uh, up on the coast to the north." And there might not currently be a coast to the north on your map. So you're like, "Okay, well, I'll I've take got some coast." Yeah, I've got some coast. I'll put it so that it's northward of here and then I'll, you know, travel there. Mm-hmm. And because you placed it where the the plot was telling you it would be, now it will have the item whereas if that same piece was somewhere else it wouldn't. Yeah. Sometimes there'll be puzzle things. It's like, "Ah, if you can put this thing on every side of the space, then then that's where my sheep is is lost. Yeah. That helped me realise that sometimes you just have to, like, work around an empty space and then the thing will appear in the middle of it. Yeah. It's like, oh, that was a bit of a difficult one to work around. I ended up looking up a walkthrough in the end because I'd been at it for, like, 20 minutes just shuffling everything around going, okay, well, they're all next to each other. Does that not count? I was like, no, you have to, to, have to literally make a gap in the middle for them. Yeah, there's a couple of times where you'll have, like, slight uh, learning curve bumps to get over, yeah. but, like... The the concept of the game is charming. Mm-hmm. It's got a very laid back uh, tone to it. Yeah, it's you know it's it's no stakes kind of fun chatting to people, having you know just kind of a fun adventure, yeah. randomly abandoning people that you said that you were going to sail the seas with. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's been quite fun so far. I will probably try and finish that up on stream this week. Nice. What about you? Uh, I started playing Outer Wilds. I had to stop and go, which one am I talking about That's here? That's the 20 minutes to find out what's going on, one, right? Yes, yes. So, uh, th- this game, I'm going to I'm gonna talk about what the thing of this game is. Because for the last year, a lot of people have talked about this game on like other shows I listen to. And have sort of talked around it. And not made it clear why it's interesting or what the game even is. And really? 
Yeah, so Nintendo Direct recently just, like, completely just said what the thing was, um, in one of their trailers. Um, so I'm, I'm just gonna say it, because I needed to be told this to go, oh, that's why I should pay attention to the game. Right. Um, it is a game about you playing as a character who's like, oh, I'm gonna go off and explore, I'm gonna go off and explore space, and... Uh, you you know, you go around and talk to all the villagers and you make your plans and you get ready to go on your little adventure and then the sun fucking explodes 22 minutes into playing the game and you start from the beginning. And it is a little 22-minute time loop adventure about how can I stop the sun exploding. Were people not saying that? That's all no. I've heard about the game. I know, right? So this is the weird thing. For a year, people haven't been saying that about no, no, the game. No, no, I've been hearing this... Long before Nintendo Direct happened. Oh, see, I've not been hearing it before. Until this Direct happened, I didn't know that's what the game was. I had a lot that's of people... That's why I said 20 minutes so, to do that. Having, having, yeah, having played it now, um, they want you to not know that oh. on the first playthrough. It's very clear when you start that game, it's like... It's just, oh, I'm just getting <laughs> ready for this little thing flight I and I'm going to go and explore. And it doesn't tell you and it wants it to be a surprise when it happens. But oh, okay. th this all being said... The game's been out a while, and I feel like it's important to talk about that, because that's what makes the game interesting beyond the initial surprises. This is essentially an exploration roguelike. It it feels really familiar... Uh, it feels very similar tonally to something like Minute, but on a bigger scale, mm. in that you have a very limited amount of time to try and get something done before the loop resets. And See, I would have... For, I mean, I've not played it, but from what I'd seen, I would have referred to it more as, like, the sexy brutal. This thing is going to happen whether you experience it or not. Yes. If you can put yourself in the right place, you might get to see a cool thing happen. Well, see, I was going to get to that as well. So, like, th there's two aspects to it. There is, I've got a set amount of time. Can I find out something new and discover something and make some progress before this gets reset that will hopefully allow me to know how to progress further next time. Mm -hmm. How can I make use of a limited amount of time? But obviously it's it's much much less instant than Minute was. It is yeah. just constantly in the back of your mind the knowledge of, I'm going to get pulled back to the start at some point, what can I achieve during this run? Mm -hmm. um, sexy Brutal comparisons definitely make sense. Um, there is a degree of this is one of those Groundhog Day stories where people are going through their routines and doing things in a set order and a set mm. pace. And as you say, if you if you follow someone through the whole loop, you might learn something about their role in the loop. Or if you stay in one spot for the whole loop, you might learn something. It's it is very much about things aren't changing around you between playthroughs. You are the only thing changing. Mm -hmm. And as such, it is about where, how you decide to use that time and what you decide to observe and where you decide to be during the mm. loop. Um, it is a fantastic little game. I am real hooked on its mystery. It is fascinating. Um, I, I understand that playing this game without knowing it's a time loop game would make the uh, 20 minutes in, you'd have a very fantastic moment, but also... I wouldn't have played this had someone not just gone, it's a cool weird time loop for 22 minutes. Like, I needed to know that to right. to be invested, so... Oh. Yeah, that's a, it's a cool little game. It's well worth checking out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
What about you? What did you play this week? We played another game of War of the Ring. Yeah, we had a much... The Lord of the Rings uh, war game. We had a much closer game this week. Definitely. I didn't win again. Yeeted my best jewellery into the fire, but... Only just. I felt like I got a bit closer this time. (laughs) You were very close. We... We got very close to the end of this match where I was one step away from the top of Mount Doom, one mark of corruption away from, you know, failing to throw the the ring into the into the, the fires. Um so if I'd taken one more bit of corruption I'd have lost there. And we had one fight going on where if you'd won the fight, you'd have taken my piece of land and had a military victory. Mm-hmm. It was I nearly I would have got away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling dwarfs. So, some poor, uh, some unlucky dice rolls on that final fight are the only reason you didn't win. But it, yeah, <laughs> I, I really dig this game. Yeah, it's great. It is definitely the most fun I've had with a war game. Yeah, it's it's it feels less random than something like uh, Risk. Obviously, yeah. there is a bad dice rolls will absolutely fuck you. But um, I'm still even... convinced those included dice you were using um, roll low. Yeah, I'm thinking I might try and use my own dice in future for that. Very, very wise. Get my good dice out. <laughs> yeah, it was um, it was another fun game. Um, yeah. And definitely rolled much quicker this time. Obviously, we didn't have all the sitting there learning. It didn't take up the whole day. Yeah, it was about three and a half hours, I think. Three and a half hours to start do. to finish. It in- flew including by. Setup. Yeah, it flew by. Yeah, we listened to the in- almost the entire uh, Lord of the Rings movie soundtrack, <laughs> which was, you know, thematically appropriate, because there were times just like, hey, we're in sync with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, you definitely played a lot more aggressively as the yeah. Shadow Faction this time, and yeah. it benefited you a lot. Yeah, I spent less time being like, oh, I'm going to add to the hunt and, and try and try and catch you before you get anywhere near Mordor. And um, that didn't really happen this time. Yeah, you... it was more a case of if if I roll and I get extra eyes, then I will put extra eyes in. But as it is, I'm just going to leave it as if I have to mandate if I'm mandated to put one in, I will do that, and then whatever comes up in rolls. Yeah. Although I did end up with a card that was like, if you've got three unspent dies, you can turn them into eyes and put them in there. Ah. That would have been kinda handy. You definitely put a lot of pressure on me by attacking cities in such a way that I took some risks um, and took some corruption as a result um, trying to get the the team to Mordor just because um, I knew that time was against me with how Mm. aggressively you were playing the armies. God, I had to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there there was like a, a big fault on my part at one point where I played a card that put a bunch of extra resources in Mordor and I was like, if I spend the time to actually move those things out of Mordor, it's it's gonna absolutely destroy me. So <laughs> that was kind of a bad idea, but I've I've had thoughts for, for future games about how I might try and improve and Yeah. Who knows, maybe next time the rolls won't completely fuck me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you played anything else? Um, let me check if I've played anything else. Um, I finished playing Bowser's Fury, yeah. which is that little side Mario game. Um, I was very pleasantly su- surprised with um 
how fun that game was to 100%. Mm-hmm. I like that when you cross a certain percentage threshold of the shines in that game, they just start putting markers on the map to be like, here's where the rest of them are. Mm-hmm. They won't tell you exactly how to get them or anything, but like, there's one here, go figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, which helped with mopping everything up. There's a fun little reward for getting 100%, which is always nice when you get some kind of tangible reward for that. Yeah. Um, what about you? What else have you played? That is everything I've played. Okay, well, I'll rattle through a couple of other quick things. Um, I started playing through the Animal Crossing uh, Mario event that is going on this March. Mm-hmm. Um, the warp pipes you can now access to do fast travel in the game are super cool. Um, I've seen some really interesting ideas people have had for them already, like encasing their house in walls so it's impossible to get into, and then having a warp pipe hidden somewhere on the island be the only way into the house, which mm-hmm. I thought was a cool idea. Um, the only thing that sucks is you can only get five items from the Mario set every day, so it's definitely trying to be like, hey, come back and daily active play again for a while, which... I mean, I'm having fun doing so, but it, it's like, let me make my Mario thing I want to make. Don't don't make me do- dole it out little by little. Uh, I continued playing Persona 5 Strikers. That game continues to be very, very good fun and very much more of a Persona game than a, a Warriors game. I've been having a lot more fun with the combat since I've worked out some of the nuances of it. Um, in order to not use your magic bar when doing combat, you can do certain lengths of combos to get basically a free attack of a, of your your element used, which is making fights where I have to use elemental attacks much easier to do without just depleting my magic straight away. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's that's mainly it. I'm just double checking. Yeah, I've, I've just been playing more Persona Strikers, really. Well then, time for this. All right, all right. Are you ready? <laughs> So I've called this meeting of the Council of Parents. Yes, uh, yes. We've got some very, very important topics we need to discuss. Namely, when our children ask about the pandemic years from now, how big of a lie are we going to spin them? Because I feel like we need to be on the same page, otherwise children talk to each other and they're going to work out that things weren't as bad as we're going to play them up to be. How about we say that uh, armed people came to our house and locked us in? Oh, oh, I like it, I like it. Uh, maybe we, we add the detail that, that they physically hammered uh, boards over the door so that you couldn't open the door if you wanted absolutely, to. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, that there there was no toilet roll. If you wanted to toilet roll, you had to pay a million pounds on eBay. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. The only food was the food you had in the house when the pandemic started. So by the end of the pandemic, everyone was, was eating... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, lint sheets for, that were meant to go in the washing machine. Yes, the, the fragrancy ones. Oh, yes, it's sort of like flavour almost. Ooh, ooh, uh, ooh. How long were we trapped inside for? Um, three years? Um, what about five? Make a nice round number. What about a year? And then we were allowed out for two days, and then they put us back in for another year, and then they took us out for a, a day, and we can use that as a way to keep criticising Boris in future. Oh, I see, I see, Because I see, people yes. will know that he did a bad thing, so we obviously make that as bad as possible. Oh, of course, of course. And lastly, are we all in agreement that we will be using this for absolutely 
everything going forward. This will become the de facto excuse. Uh, you want to go out to the the, the 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 shops with your friends? Oh, we weren't allowed to do that. Oh, no. Well, just during every... the pandemic. During the pandemic. We just agree that during the pandemic is the line and we don't elaborate. Just during the pandemic. During the pandemic. During the pandemic. Wonderful. I think we're all adjourned. Everyone... Get lying to your children so that you can convince them that things were harder in your day. Back in my day! Back in my day! Back in my day! Oh, back in my back day! Back in my day! So I've been uh, talking to my cousin and we've been sort of uh, you know, f- freestyling some ideas about what could be the next big thing. Oh, yes, yes. You know how we really like a good fad, you know? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, well, you know, you remember when my cousin gave me that whole idea about the fidget spinners? Oh, yes, And yes, we yes. made that, we put them everywhere. They're all different colours. Oh, exactly. We made them the trendy toy of the season. Yeah, and then a few years ago, they got hooked me up to the idea of uh, the weighted blankets. Oh, yes, once again, make it the hip, trendy thing for all the, all the everyone. It's very relaxing and calming and zen. Yes. And, well, they've hooked me up with this new idea. It's a, it's a necklace mm-hmm. that you can chew. Oh, I see. You can do them in all sorts of colours. The one they've got looks like a, a, a Lego brick. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So I think we could market these. Maybe we do them in all different colours, different sizes and shapes. And, you know, loads of people will we get... We maybe get a few celebrities to try them out. we make them a collectible, maybe put them in yeah. blind bags. Say that they're for um, cravings or something. Oh, yeah, you know, are you trying to give up smoke? They're good for giving up smoking. Oh, or... you don't want to have a snack? Uh, just chew on this and sort of distract yourself. It's, 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 it's cleaner and better for the environment than chewing gum. Oh, oh mm, yes, yes. Exactly. And, uh, you know, we can we can make the, like a whole gacha thing, you know. And then obviously we'll make some of them rarer than others and, and that really inspire like a fear of loss in people. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, well, uh, I, I think that's, uh, that's, that's it. That's sorted. We've got the next big thing. Indeed. Meanwhile, elsewhere. So, my cousin is in like, uh, marketing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I've just been, like, telling him all of the really expensive, like, autistic stim aids and stuff. <gasps> I... All of the stuff I need. Like, um, I'm just pushing them to him as, like, some new trendy thing. Are you the reason that I could afford to get a weighted blanket? Right, do you remember how much they were a couple oh my, of years ago? Oh my, I saw one in Aldi for, like, £40 recently. Nice. That's ridiculous. I, I recently saw them advertised on Facebook, uh, like, targeted ads of everyone's getting into the new craze of... This oh, comfort sleeping blanket. I'm, I am so, so ready. It, please, please tell me you've tried to get them onto, like, uh, stim jewellery. Shoe stims. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, <sighs> what have you put in your eyes? In my eyes? Your... Uh, I've continued watching Mob Psycho 100. Yeah. Uh... That show continues to be really good. Uh, it hasn't repeated its episode two shittiness. Um, the fight scenes in that show are superb. And the narrative has evolved in some really sweet, meaningful ways. It's it's funny and adorable. And I'm very much... under. I understand why people recommend that show in spite of my critiques of episode two. Um... It is a very fun show. Just, you know, maybe, maybe just skip episode two. It's fine. You don't need it for anything. Uh, what about you? What have you been watching? 
Well, I um, I've been watching. Well, something I actually watched last week, but I completely forgot to put on the list. Uh, so, no pun included, put up a new video about colonialism in board games. Mm-hmm. And boy, that's drawn some people out. Yeah. Um. So basically, uh, Efka, who is one of the hosts of No Pun Included, the original primary host of No Pun Included, um, is Lithuanian and basically did this whole, I think it's like half hour video, uh, explaining like the colonization and repeated taking over from surrounding countries of Lithuania throughout history. And the the issues that that has been caused, like in in living memory, like I don't think Efka's that much older than me, mm. and just like this was still a thing when I was a kid, and that's what it was like growing up, being being part of that, and you know I can't speak for black people, but you know huge chunks of the world have had problems with colonialism and going oh colonialism is just a fun board game mechanic ah ha ha ha. ha. Is, is not good enough that we need to actually start asking some questions and, you know, maybe not treat that as a fun game. Yeah. Like, you could probably have a game that includes a concepts of colonialism, but you need to treat that re- respectfully and you need to come at it from the right point of view. Mm. Rather than, ah, it's, it's um, Settlers of Catan. Um, taking all, taking all your resources, all the good resources, yeah. om nom nom, tasty resources. Om nom nom, tasty Was resources. Was anyone living here before? No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Probably the thief or whatever. <laughs> is it the thief in Catan? I've only played it once. I think it is, yeah. 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 Um, it's a really good video, you should definitely go and check it out. Um, maybe leave a positive comment, because, oh boy howdy, that comment section's been a place. I imagine so. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you follow Efka on uh, Twitter, there have been some interesting uh, sort of like his his some comments I have otherwise deleted, but I just wanted to answer them here. I'm not giving them credit otherwise. I'm not naming these people, but fucking hell. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a very good video. What about you? Uh, well, as part of prepping for the most recent uh, episode of Accessibility, which will have gone up on the Friday before this Mm -hmm. goes up, I've been watching a bunch of Twitch streams and YouTube videos and VODs and whatnot of a uh, a Street Fighter V player called Blind Warrior Sven, Mm -hmm. who is a phenomenally good Street Fighter V player who plays entirely based on stereo audio and footstep volume. Mm-hmm. Um he does a really good job bloody good. <laughs> yeah, he does a really good job of commentating in his videos sort of what's going on and the way he's doing things, but yeah, it is I've I've been aware for a long time that Street Fighter V is very much praised for having very, very, very good sound design. Mm. It wasn't until watching this particular sightless person play the game that I really had an understanding for quite how good the sound design in that game is. Apparently good enough to be that good at that damn game. Yeah, Because like, yeah. I've only seen it from editing this week's episode of Accessibility and just being like, fucking hell. Yeah, so like, fun things about Street Fighter V. Apparently the further the enemy player is away from you, the uh, the the quieter their footsteps and the closer the louder, mm-hmm. to the point that you can like 
space and do like your positioning for various attacks based on the sound of the footsteps. Yep. Um, which is, do you, do you not know that was a thing you could do? Apparently so. Apparently so. Um, but yeah, just aside from that, it's been really nice watching some fighting game footage from someone who explains what they're doing and talks through mm. how they're playing, which not there's not enough of that in fighting games. No. I I like having. It's why I I kind of enjoy watching like um Evo and some of the like fighting game tournaments because it's because mm. then when you have professional commentators there, yeah. it's like explain to me this beautiful thing I'm seeing, yes. and it's always nice when someone who is playing a game has enough brain space to be able to also tell you this is what I'm doing and why. Um, <laughs> so I recommend checking them out. Absolutely, like really interesting channel. What about you? Uh, I watched a uh, YouTube YouTube video uh, entitled "The Story of Faithless's Insomnia: uh, The Making Ooh. of an Arts Album," um, and it's just a, an interview with uh, Sister Bliss of Faithless explaining how they came to write uh, the uh, Insomnia, and you know, getting uh, getting involved with um, Maxi Jazz uh, to write the lyrics, and just like how that all came together, and like how the album came together and various mixes of it and how that came to popularity in a time when radios didn't really want to give that kind of music any playtime. Yeah. Um, it's a fascinating little documentary. I've I've been watching lots of little mini docs about like old music recently because it's kind of the music I'd like to try making myself and understanding like some of that. There's been a few videos of uh, Wendy Carlos with, like, beautiful old analog synths. Oh, yes. <laughs> There's been some great... There was... Um, I think it was the BBC put up the thing on their um, twi uh, Twitter recently. There's been a couple of other videos recommended to me on YouTube of Wendy's. Is that BBC one, the one where she's wearing sideburns? Yes, where she's wearing the fake sideburns. <laughs> Those sideburns are amazing. <laughs> they are incredible sideburns. <laughs> but also, that is an incredibly beautiful uh, analog synth she's playing. Oh, indeed. <laughs> uh, yeah, what about you? You got any others? Uh, I watched the Pokemon Direct that happened uh, since we last recorded. Exciting. Uh Diamond and Pearl remake, sir, that's cool enough, you know, I kind of wish that had been in the Let's Go style, but you know, it's chibi, it's cute enough. Oh. Pokemon Snap looks really cute, looks really cool, I'm very excited to get down that rabbit hole to someone who likes photography and Pokemon. Oh. oh my god, open world Pokemon game. Looks very cool. Oh my god, open world Pokemon game. But also, dodge roll. Open world Pokemon game with a do Why do you need a dodge roll? I don't know. Is a Tauros going to attack me? Is it going to charge at me? Will I have to dodge roll out the way of Charizard's fire? Very likely. Yeah, so there was a trailer in this Pokemon Direct for a game called Pokemon Legends Arceus, and um, it looks like you dropped Pokemon into a Breath of the Wild map. Like, that, that, it it, that's what it looks like. Um, I'm going to say now I have a theory about this game. I think that early next year this is going to be one of the launch titles or launch window titles for whatever their revision of the Switch is, the Switch Pro or whatever it ends up being called. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you're going to try and sell a revised version of the Switch, the very first open world Pokemon game is a damn good way to sell that. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the thing people have been asking for for years, and it looks a little rough around the edges technically in this trailer, 
Um, I'm hoping that that is just because this is earlier than they usually show Pokemon games. They usually don't show them like a year plus out, but mm, conceptually, I am, I am so excited. There's some leaked screenshots that show that you're going to be able to climb and fly and basically do all the po- the, the 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 all the stuff from Breath of the Wild, but with Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Go ride your ride your Pokemon around, climb up a wall, go find a rare Pokemon on top of a mountain. I'm fucking excited. Yeah, I mean, it, like. I'm not huge on Pokemon, but that looks like a re- it's going to be a really cool world to explore. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to have trading, and it's set hundreds of years in the past, which means that they, uh, according to the website, Pokemon League, gyms, etc. don't exist yet. Uh, the very concept of being a Pokemon trainer doesn't really exist. So I wonder, like, will there even be battles with other trainers? I'm curious what's going on there. A lot of questions. My suspicion is this will end up being the testbed and the template for what they do with the next mainline Pokemon game is, let's have a spin-off, let's have a side story, let's try and do the tech and see how this works, and if people like it, we give them a mainline Pokemon game like that. Mm-hmm. I think is my, my running theory. Yeah. But, ah, open world Pokemon game. Breath of the Pokemon. Breath of the Pokemon. Breath of the Wailord. Oh, Breath of the Wailord. That's good. Yeah. You did it good. What about you? Have you watched anything else this week? Um, I did another music theory course, or I'm doing another music theory course. Yeah. This time it's the one by ThinkSpace. Um, so I've mentioned Guy Michael Moore a few times as somebody I've watched uh, music tutorials and stuff. Um, and you've seen me watching Guy stuff a, a few times. Yeah, this um, is the guy in his sort little of shed. This quirky older guy in his shed who. Sometimes does like vloggy bits and other stuff, and just talking about how to make uh, different um, sort of types of music and and how to put things together, and then talking about various different um, VST instruments and stuff like that. So he's kind of quirky anyway, um, and I've done a lot of music theory courses. So I recently started taking their um, or. Recently, about a month ago, I started their um, ThinkSpace uh, writing music course. Ah. And I was like, I really like the way this is laid out and the sort of vibe of it. It's very much like watching the YouTube videos, but more instructional for a longer yeah. period of time. So I thought, you know, fuck it. I've bought enough music theory videos and only got so far with them. I'm going to see if this works any better for me. And it really has. Yay! Like... I didn't have anything, any instruction in that course within about the first six hours where I was even suggested to look at a musical note or any sheet music. It was just like, here are the notes, here are they, here they are on a piano, here's some stuff about rhythm, here's stuff about um, uh, harmonies and... Um, like um, change, um, like changing modes. Let, let's talk big picture before we even think about trying to write anything. Yeah, they're like, and the, the section involving actual musical notes, I didn't really pay any attention to. I still managed to skip straight past it and get onto stuff that I was very much able to understand yeah. and keep moving on with without, okay, here's how to read sheet music and here's the importance of reading sheet music. Like, I understand the basics of it, I can't wrap my head around it, and maybe I need more practice, but that's, for for a composition point of view, to make electronic music, where I'm not going, and now somebody else can play this tune. Yeah. You know, if if you're really desperate to work out how to play any of my tunes, 
I mean, fuck it, I'll take you a screenshot of my my um, piano roll in FL Studio, but <laughs> like, I don't think any of it's ever going to need to go like onto proper sheet music at any point. Yeah, but like, I've learnt more about rhythms and and like syncopation and like under actually understood it better. Um, I think actually I will probably be better at playing piano as a result of this as well. Yay! Like understanding like um the fact that the um the notes are very close together like um frequency wise at the mm. bass end so you can voice a chord at the bass end like much wider apart and to make it feel much more like better and important yeah. like more grand within your within your tune um and then like just up up the higher end you want to get closer together so you probably do want to just do a standard like three three note triad so yeah that's been quite nice and understanding like hey if you do like um a a one five on one hand and a one three on the other hand it's gonna be like you are spreading the chord out across the the keyboard and like making a more full sound but still you know being able to like improvise around that a little bit better I'm probably not explaining this terribly well but I, I think I will definitely be able to understand this better as a result of that and I'm definitely glad that I picked this one up although Yay. to be honest I probably wouldn't have understood it as well if I hadn't done all the other courses so sometimes you just need a different perspective on the same things yay Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, the only the other thing I've really been watching, and we watched this together, is we got up to date on WandaVision. Um, by the time this goes out, the finale will have aired, but we've seen the penultimate episode. Yes. Um, spoiler-free thoughts. Oh my goodness, they have so much to wrap up in that final episode, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, this sure was an episode of a lot of setup for that final episode. Yeah. I, they've got a lot to do in that final episode. I mean, unless they're going to lead this into uh, Multiverse of Madness, or which is the new Doctor Strange movie, yeah. or if this is going to go into the Loki series. Entirely possible. I, I hope I, I have really enjoyed One Division the whole mm. way through so far. I just really hope they stick the landing. I hope this final episode feels feels like it wraps some things up. Yeah, it feels like it's going to need to be feature length at this point. Yeah. there is a lot going on. We shall see. We shall see. I have had a great time watching this show. I just hope this final episode that we haven't yet seen sticks the landing. Mm -hmm. You will know before we do. (laughs) In future. Uh, What about you? Have you watched anything else this week? Not really. It's not been a watch heavy week. (gasps) Well then. Over this. Laura Lorig, our new sponsor! Who's our new sponsor? Well, have you been locked away in the house for a year? Yes. L- like everyone, yes. All the, all, all the good people. All the good people. All the good people who all weren't the... deemed essential workers. <laughs> yes, all the well-behaved people slash the people who weren't forced to go out in it against their will. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've been trapped in my house for a while. Do you think you might struggle reintegrating back into a society? Ah, big open space. Well, but... not just that, but people. Ah, people. Conversations. Ah, small talk. Ah, small talk. Okay, calm. Calm your Okay, okay. I've, I've got my hand here. I'm I know. My titty. <laughs> <laughs> That's what made me think of it. <laughs> Well, I, 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 yeah, I, I, it's gonna be a lot going back out into the world. It is. How about a thing to help with that? <gasps> what is that thing? Reintegration VR. <gasps> 
Tell me more. It's like a VR game that will, you know, it will help you practice being in crowds, <gasps> give, get used to being outside the house, and dealing with small talk. I, I, and people queuing near you in supermarkets. I'm, what, not six feet away with no. a mask on? No. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I could probably use this. Yeah, so that's <laughs> uh, that's reintegrationvr.lol.net and enter the code QNPS157. And you can get uh, 10% off uh, access to reintegration VR. Wow. I think I'm going to need it. Same. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actors Softworks. Hi. Hi. So, uh, how's business treating you? Oh, good, good. I have made so much money. Oh, so have I, so have I. It's been a wonderful time to be, you know, in capitalism. Oh, yeah, I love it. So, uh, people are mad at us again. Again? I what know, are we doing again. Now? So, we're making the game with the people that do the magic, and it's got the, the person who doesn't like trans people involved, and, you know... Oh, the billionaire. Yeah, the one that we, you know, refuse to say that, you know, her views are bad or anything. They're mad yeah, about I mean, that still. Yeah, I mean, but that would be taking a political stance. And as everyone knows, we don't do that unless it's to our financial benefit. Exactly. But, like, this hasn't blown over. They haven't, like, gone, oh, oh, we don't care about that anymore. We'll buy the game anyway. They're still mad about it. But... Surely it's it's been time and time passes and then they they, they, they go back to life. That's what I thought. So I'm trying to work out what we can do to like try and appease those people, try and get them to buy the game still. Because yeah. like you know we're not gonna say that the lady who doesn't like trans people is bad because that might alienate some of the audience. Billionaire. That, exactly. That's our money. Yeah, exactly. We want the money. We don't yeah. want to say we won't take the money in future. Right? I like money. Yeah. So you know maybe we can uh, we can do some things to try and appease them. What if we you know let you take the things that would usually be gendered and we let them be, you know, across gender. Anyone can pick any body parts for their, you know, character creator. I mean, that's that just like less that's... work for us. Yeah, exactly. We don't have to section stuff off and we can just go, let's see, it's trans. Yeah, when in actual fact, it's just laziness and I get to whip a whole intern. Exactly. What about in the background of one of the scenes, we uh, put a book spine that is like, Almost the colors of the flag from the the, the trans flag. Yeah, like, but not... we'll we'll put that real like really shadowy. Exactly, and like it's not plausible quite... denial. It's not quite the right colors, so we can deny yeah, it. But yeah, like yeah. you know, we'll put it there and be like, see, trans. Yeah. Mm, I've, I've got other ideas. See what you think. Uh, what if we give just like one lady NPC just like a deep voice and we don't say anything so they can headcanon them as trans? Yeah, I mean, that way we don't have to really do any of the work. Exactly. And like, you know, we can deny it for the people that don't like trans people. We're just like, no, it's just got a deep voice. And, you know, for the others, yeah. we'd be like, yeah, representation, maybe. Representation, question mark? Yeah. You know, I I, I, I think if we just throw, throw a couple of these around, they will forget that we are paying millions of dollars to someone that doesn't want them to exist. You are a fucking genius. I know. So. Huh. What have you, your ear meats heard? What have what? you listened to? What have I put in my ear meats? Yeah. I've had time to actually digest audio narrative. I, I I got caught up on the Magnus archives <gasps> this week. Ah. <sighs> That's another thing where they have very little time left and I'm very curious how I they're going to... I can't believe we're in the final month of Magnus. There's like four episodes left and I don't know how they're going to get all of that done in four episodes. Oh, I reckon they can wrap that up in four episodes, no problem. I reckon they can, I just don't know how they're going to do it. Oh, well, that's kind of the mystery, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, being sort of toward the end of that show, um, 
<sighs> I'm... I, I still don't have a good read on whether this is going to have... Uh, what level of positivity, if any, there will be in how this story ends. Oh, I don't... It's cosmic horror. I don't think it ever ends well. We've like we've played enough Arkham Horror oh, Living Card Game. Yeah, but there's a difference between like, you know, we reset the world to a to an okay state and it's gonna be fucked up again later, but for now it's fine and only like seventy-five percent of the cast died, versus oh no, evil just won and everything is darkness forever and um for all eternity, in the forwards and backwards time, everyone is in hell forever. Like, there are spectrums of how bad the ending of this could be. I think it depends how, how connected you are to the main characters. Well, that's the... <laughs> I don't think most of them are going to make it out alive. Well, I mean, I suspect so, but again, like, the question is, will they, you know, be able to... F will they get some form of the world is safe but at a great cost to the main characters? Or will it just be a... Fuck no, you failed. Done. Or will it be you falling in the, into the hands of something bad but different? Yeah, like, that's the thing. I don't have a read on what tone this ending is going to have yet. I mean, because they've, they've talked before about the fact that the avatars aren't actually the the fears themselves. Yeah. So they're only acting in a way they think they should but not necessarily knowing the mind of whatever it is they act on behalf of. Yeah. And I've, I've had this sort of running theory that's kind of starting to fall apart a little bit that, well, I, I've got this theory. I'm not going to say what it is because for anyone Tell who's not, not seriously into the show. Maybe we'll do a spoiler cast after the Magnus Archives has finished being a thing. It's to do with something that was said very early on in the series. Okay. Ab about... um. There, there was a metaphor about, um, like, if you're in a house and there's an eye poking in at the door and a hand poking in through the window, and you might think that those are entirely separate things, but they're not. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was very specifically that that's made me sort of go, I wonder if there is, you know, there isn't what we thought there is, but there's something else instead. Mm. And I've I've had some theories about that. Uh, and like, is is that what's really going on? So the revelation that we had in the last episode just made me sort of go, hmm, is that what is that what that thing wants? Or is that what this avatar has perceived as the thing to do what this is going to be incomprehensible for anyone who doesn't listen to that Sorry. show <laughs> oh that's okay uh, the Magnus Archives continues to be very good it's and very I'm good very, very curious hard. about how this is going to end and I need to talk spoilery thoughts at some point once Soon. the whole thing's done and we can do so Yes, we need to get everyone else in the uh, the Magnus group caught back up on it so that we can start having gushy so going, ah, ah. yeah well, yeah. Speaking of things we've caught up on, I've I've finished SCP archives now. Oh yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it so far. It's um, the, there's some fun stories in there. They're they're very well done. Uh, I, you know, I think I've t mentioned most of the really good ones I enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, what sort of percentage would you say are like really good ones versus eh? I think they're all fairly good. Okay. There are some episodes where I'm just like I didn't really can too much for the subject matter in that 
But that's just a matter of personal taste. Yeah. How, how often does that show? Is it a weekly I have one? no idea. Ah, you've only just caught I, up. I found it through um, Margaret's Garden, mm. which I found through the Magnus Archives, because it was just advertised on the beginning, because they're all on the ACAST network. Mm. Um, so it was like, okay, well, let's let's try let's, let's try a bit of that, and let's try a bit of that as a result of that. Um, so yeah, don't know how often they come out, but yeah, maybe, maybe 60% like were good goods and then like 30% total were like absolutely stunning ones. And I think I've mentioned all of those. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, there's a good number of good stories and, you know, maybe something else will really ring for you more than it did for me. But yeah, they, they are well told. They're well acted. Mm. Um, and I am curious to see where they go more with this. You got any others? Uh, I listened to some new music this yes. week. Uh, I listened to a track called Monsters by a band called Dreamstate. Right. Uh, it's a really cool bit of like uh, British femme, femme fronted uh, alt rock. Uh, it starts very gentle and melodic, almost like uh, like stadium pop music okay. uh, that has this really sort of gentle build up into this really cool raw anthemic rock track mm-hmm. um it's it's got this very gradual build from like something almost adelish into sudden like into eventually becoming this like big very like slightly shouty um rock track um it's got a very bouncy high paced energy to it very clean electric guitar sounds um it's it's very much like rock music with a little bit of electronic um music going behind it in a way mm. that's like it's just really fun to dance to it's the kind of thing i could really picture like bouncing around in a crowd to nice um the band apparently is actively making music currently like this track is from october last year nice. so i'm like hooray i found a, a, a band that i <laughs> like current. that is current that is still making music because usually when i find new music i'm like they're they're usually not making music anymore, or at the very least, they're not in the UK. It's like oh, when everything gets back to normal, I could maybe see them play live. Oh. Aha! That's that's a nice thought. Fingers crossed. Hooray, UK bands that I like that are currently making music. Yes, please. What about you? What have you listened to? Um, I was looking for some more uh out outside music because I realised that like for the last couple of years, I've mostly been listening to podcasts. Yeah. Um. So I just put drum and bass mix 2021 in there i found uh ram or ram all caps um ram drum and bass annual 2021 mixed by junk mail on the ram records uh youtube channel mm-hmm. it's it's a good mix about an hour and 20 minutes long um there's some nice like uh, drum and bass with electric guitar in the opening oh. track which i very much liked um, there's yeah, there's some really good sounds in there. Uh, a little bit of uh, foghorn, some like more jump uppy bits. Um, just yeah. just finding new stuff in genres you like. See, yeah. seeing what the genre's up to. Well, that's the thing is, like, like I stopped listening to music for a little while. I think partly because I just had so many podcasts going on, and yeah. partly because there's been a, a whole thing of, um. Like, not wanting to be too influenced by other people's music while making music. Oh, yeah, 100%. But at the that. same time, like, I've realised that I haven't been listening to a lot of music in a... Okay, what makes this thing that I like the thing that I like? Mm. Like, what are the drum patterns I need to be learning that yeah. are just fundamental to this genre? 
Um, and it's been especially things like drum patterns. Like uh, when I did the disco track, it was like, yeah, I don't. I listen to a lot of disco. I could not tell you what a disco yeah. beat is. There is a balance to be found between I don't want to listen to so much that I am just cribbing stuff, but also I need to listen to some of it so that I get in my head the feel of what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. And also from a sound design point of view, of like, okay, yeah, I want to sort of capture this thing that appears in a lot of different. Um, a lot of different music in a particular genre like okay how do i make a a bass sound that does that particular thing like is is that a, a type of sampling is that um something that you do with filters what is that is it a repeatedly struck note in a particular way yeah it's 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 been nice to listen to some music and and almost in a more um thoughtful way yeah. yeah, more an- analytic than just enjoying. But also, like, the sun's started to be out. Even if it's more aesthetic than functional, it's been <laughs> nice to just be like, you know what, I'm going to listen to some drum and bass and have a little bit of a bop. When the sun's out, I just... I'm in a more musical mood when the sun's mm-hmm. out. What about you? Any others? That's it for me this week. Uh, last thing, I've also caught up on Margaret's Garden. That is a fascinating story about 1950s colonialism into a different dimension with horrible consequences funnily enough for the people in the other dimension mm-hmm. um, it's an absolutely fascinating story though I'm curious to know where they're going with it um, but yeah there's I guess trigger warning for that if that's uh, a concern for you fascinating story yeah well then I think that's everything well then time for this ugh <sighs> Well, I think my my head up to bed in a minute. Mum? Oh, it's me. I've returned from the other side. I I understand, but why are you dressed like a noblewoman of the 17th century? I mean, it's not really my choice. I didn't really want to come back dressed as a aristocrat for the 1700s but it's the way things are done I mean you only died like two weeks ago mum I know again this wasn't really my choice you arrive on the other side and they just sort of give you a set of these I think it's something to do with branding that's why all ghosts always look like they're from the the, like, past oldie times? Yes, the Ghost Council decided it would be a whole lot less impactful if people rocked up in their Nikes as a ghost. I mean, you maybe got a, a, a point there, I guess? So Once they let a ghost go out in a shirt that said Federal Body Inspector. It did... <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> yes. No wonder them seriously. No, difficult to haunt anyone in in that case. Exactly. It's like the time that a ghost walked up to someone's house to do the whole Scrooge thing in a giant novelty hat. It was shaped like a thumbs up. Oh, wow, thumb people. So. Did, did anyone ever try to do it in Crocs? Oh no! 
Everything I was canceled knew that that was a problem. I guess... Yeah, yeah, I mean, they are scary, though, right? Crocs disintegrate upon death. Well, uh, <laughs> well, it's been lovely seeing you, Mum. Um, you, you off to haunt someone specific, or...? I'm off to go haunt Boris Johnson and pretend that I'm not all I am. Cool, high five. That, that's weird. That, that, that... I could never do high fives when I was alive. Yeah, but now we miss each other in weird three-dimensional ways. Ooh. If you die wearing a fancy Victorian frock, it saves them on costuming work. Oh, keep that in mind, Mum. Thanks. <laughs> oh, well, I guess I've got to... Get back to the office then after, after a year. No. <laughs> Hello. No, please don't go. <laughs> my my sourdough. Hello, it's me, the sourdough. Hi. Yes, I I was I I fed you for like three times a day for that that first week, and then you settled down a bit, and then don't go. But I have to go back to work. They expect me in the office now. Oh no, I. Need feeding three times a day again. Oh, don't leave. But I I was told I could just put you in the freezer for a bit if I needed to. Oh, no. No, it'd be bad in... No, it'd be bad in there. Don't go. Well, I, I mean, I guess I just could go back to eating regular pizza. <gasps> no! No, pizza was so much better with me around. <laughs> Listen, Sourdough, I don't think my boss is going to understand. I... I they will. You've got a you've got a dependent at home. You need to look after. Hey, hey boss. Hi. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I can't come in today. My my sourdough. Oh, your sourdough. Yes. Well, then you understand, right? Hmm. Okay. So we 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 just work from from home now. Cool. 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 Okay. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, oh no. You go. You go. You go. That sounds serious. So I guess I'm staying here then. Yeah. Question time, time for questions What's the question? Job asks What is your favourite conspiracy theory? Okay, uh, we're talking like real out there ones Wild ones Wild ones The wild or the better the wi- My favourite wild conspiracy theory Is probably The conspiracy that Australia doesn't exist that's pretty wild. Yeah, are you aware of this one? Yes. We, yeah. we talked about this on here Australia before. is entirely actors, and if you think you've been to Australia, you haven't. You've actually been dropped in uh, somewhere in America, but some island off the coast of America. Uh, everyone's in on it. It's not real. Uh-huh. What about you? What's your favourite wild conspiracy theory? I don't know. I don't really get into conspiracy theories anymore. Like, I, f- I fell into, like, a big conspiracy theory hole in my very early 20s. When I was very unsound mentally. Yeah. Um, and, you know, luckily I just sort of went, no, it's clearly all bollocks. Oh, you're right. I, I mainly consume conspiracy theories through the podcast Ono, Ross and Carrie, mm. and their investigations into groups that legitimately believe these things. Yeah. Um, 
There, there is the one the, the 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 birds aren't real. They all got replaced yeah, with uh, surveillance surveillance cameras. Yeah, like I think I think the problem is that most of the theories I can think of off the top of my head are usually because they've been talked about a lot recently, and that's they end up being the, the horrible anti-Semitic ones. Oh yeah, that's fair. Um, um, flat Earths, not not the conspiracy itself, but. The people around it yeah. are fascinating. Flat Earth people are fascinating. My, my, one of my favourite like YouTube deep dive rabbit holes I went on recently was um, videos about Flat Earthers um, doing crowdfunding campaigns for expensive bits of equipment that they think will, uh, will prove that the Earth is flat. And then every time the piece of equipment proves that the Earth is round and they go, fuck it. Um, like, there's one where they were like, ah, we, we'll... We'll go X number of miles apart and we'll stand at the same height and I'll shine a light and you should be able to... It should hit your board because the world is flat. And then it didn't because the world is curved and over 19 miles it didn't hit the thing anymore. You know, th things like that. I like watching flat earthers fuck stuff up. <laughs> um, also, the subset of flat earthers who think that there is an ice wall around the edge of the planet, that mm -hmm. that's what stops you falling off the edge. I'm like... Literally one of you showed me the ice wall. If the ice wall exists, you'd think it wouldn't... Well, they won't show you pictures yeah, of Yeah, but that. also, like, the world's flat, allegedly. Surely I could look out to sea and see the ice wall on the horizon if it's flat. Volumetric lighting. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's too many clouds oh. and stuff before the ice wall. Uh, but yes, agreed. Uh, Samuel West asks... Or in a, in a roundabout sort of way. Um, what are your thoughts about using uh, they them pronouns, like uh, as the default? I think if you know someone's pronouns, use their pronouns, whatever they they may be. Mm -hmm. Um, but as just used in that sentence just there, they make sense as a pronoun to use if you are in a situation where you don't know someone's pronouns and are not in a position to ask them and or do not know and. Uh, there isn't a good way to go about that information. Yeah. Like, I, I think I think it's less assumptive to to generally use they them pronouns. Yeah, uh, I and um, like I have made more of an effort to when I'm writing and I don't know someone's pronouns to just use they them. Indeed, um, I've I've had I have calls on a day to day basis to make a lot of notes about things, and usually I will deliberately use they them. Unless I like another person I have heard has referred to that other person using particular pronouns. Indeed. Um, but at the same time, you have to aim. Like, I know that uh, a lot of trans people get very upset if you are someone who's getting very focused on using they, them pronouns around them. Yes. Especially if they've told you their pronouns aren't they, them. Indeed. That's, that's the thing. This is all with, this is all in context. Like, I think they, them works generally as an as a as mm -hmm. a default pronoun but let's say someone has come out as a trans woman and their pronouns are she her and it's very important for them mm -hmm. to feel validated that you use those pronouns yeah. to keep using they is going to feel really shitty yes and like i i think that like i think that most people understand that if you in most cases use they them when that's not your pronouns you probably aren't doing it maliciously you're probably doing it out of linguistic simplicity mm. Um, but like, hey, if you're in a situation where it is safe uh, for for the other party for you to do so, 
ask people's pronouns and use the right pronouns. Yes. And the other thing is, if you are going to make a thing of asking people's pronouns, make sure you do it on the regular, not just when you know somebody this, is trans there. This is it. And this is why, like, sometimes, like, if I'm in a situation where I don't know someone's pronouns and I'm like, I might just use they, because if I ask you your pronouns in this moment and don't ask anyone else's, that's going to make the situation uncomfortable for everyone. Yes. It's like, there may be a time later where I can ask about pronouns, but for now I will use they because it is not going to be too, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I, I think that just about covers it, my thoughts on it. Um, use regarding... they, them pronouns in all manuals for things. Mm, you, yes, they, the, the player, they do this, they do that. Yes. Don't use he, him in manuals. Read my article about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, regards to using uh, they them pronouns yourself, I mean, if you're not trans or non-binary, I, I mean, you can pick your own tr- pronouns yeah. if you want. Yeah, it doesn't really matter, like, um, you know, what your your gender is or, or what um how you present yourself. If you want to use they them pronouns for yourself, you don't need any. You don't need permission yeah. for that. You don't need any better permission. Uh, any better reason than. I would like that more. That would be better for me. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, think, I think we've covered all of the aspects there. Uh, Future Fishy asks, uh, how do you like your tea? I'm staunchly a bit of milk, no sugar. Uh, black. No, no, no sugar, no milk. And usually fruity. Yeah, usually opinion. fruity, but even if it's a regular tea, just mm-hmm. tea, just tea bag and water. Mm-hmm. Brew uh, it up nice and strong. Uh, like a black tea, uh, depending on the size of the cup. Uh, somewhere between a half and two thirds of a, oh, uh, two thirds of a of a teaspoon of sugar, yeah. and a, like a good amount of milk. Like I like it fairly milky, but leave the bag in a while so that it's still a decent richness of brown. Yeah. Um. I used to leave just leave the bag in because you know I'll I'll drink it as soon as it's cool enough yeah. and you know. But apparently I'm an absolute monster. So. Uh, I am a milkless, sugarless scowl. That's, I mean, that, it's I guess hot that leaf is, water. That's purity. Uh, <laughs> hot leaf water, please. Hot leaf water, please. Uh, Phoenix 2 here. Hi, Hi I love you. Ask, ideal ice cream topping combo. I could top an ice cream. Oh. Mm. <laughs> You've been a very naughty ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, sorry. Uh, ice cream with like some like hot, thick, sort of chocolatey fudge sauce oh. drizzled on it, <laughs> um, and some bits of like brownie and cookie dough. Oh, it's very good. Yeah, what about you? You got mm. got an answer for this? Um, crumbled Oreo. Oh, uh, gatto. Oh, um, Maltesers. Oh, um. Yeah, brownie pieces. Yeah, gotta have some brownie pieces. Uh, squirty cream, regular cream. Um, <laughs> it's, it's getting less and less ice cream by the minute. There's ice cream in there somewhere. You just gotta dig around. Gotta rummage through all the bits. Um, yeah, I mean, you need like some crunchy bits, some soft bits, and um, some different temperature bits. Yeah, maybe like a warm fudge sauce, but not too much because yeah. you can really overdo oh, a sauce. A bit, a bit of a bit of warm. Fudge, a chocolate fudge cake on top of the ice cream, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then like some square cream on top of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah. <sighs> Maybe a little bit of caramel. Oh, caramel. Oh, uh, waffle pieces. Oh, waffle pieces. <laughs> oh, waffle pieces. 
All served on top of a waffle. <laughs> all served on top of a waffle. <laughs> <laughs> I want this monstrosity now. I really want that monstrosity. <laughs> and I can't eat half the things on that list. Um, yeah, I think that that I think that's all the questions. Well then, time for this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? I'm sure Justice Warriors. I'm sure Justice Warriors. Yeah. All right, Harry. All right, Harry. How you doing? I'm not too bad, mate. Not too bad. You uh, you been up to much? Oh, you know, you know, uh, looking looking at conversations, seeing what people are talking about, yeah, as what, I do, what, as I do. Uh, what, what's you know, you're one with the finger on the pulse. What's oh, what's, what's going well, on? I've seen uh, I've seen conversations going around recently about uh the, the 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 lack of uh, LGBT history that exists uh, in in sort of the last hundred years and uh, well, I mean in in general it doesn't help well, that historians keep going oh they were great friends oh I saw I found a wonderful Twitter account the other day that is just uh, art of people who were clearly homosexual being labelled as just friends uh, yes well, exactly but. Uh, yeah, there's this whole conversation that comes up around every now and then about how uh, oh LGBT people, particularly uh, gay people and trans people, appeared out of nowhere, suddenly started to be a thing. Yeah, you know, oh, you don't see them in history. They they're a recent phenomenon. Well, uh, I mean, we've already mentioned some of the history aspect, and then of course you've got you know the whole Nazi book burnings thing. Well, of, yeah. Uh, Information about the uh, diversity of sexuality was was held there as well, and that was obviously gone as well. Yeah. And then, you know, the very first uh, sex re- uh, gender reassignment surgery or, or attempted uh, surgeries like that were, were, you know, that was information that was only just sort of occurring around then. Exactly. It's like, all gone. Honestly, this is the thing. It's, you look at, like, you know, history from a long time ago, and a lot of it has been sort of uh, reinterpreted through... Uh, Straightwashed. Yeah, it's it's been put through the lens of uh, Chris, Christian Christian um, colonialism, and yeah. sort of put its lens on other cultures and periods of time, and sort of erased all of the gay and trans people from existence. Then, of course, you've got like the burning of uh, texts about gay and trans people by the Nazis, for example. Um, and then you look at like more in more modern history, you see a lot of like, oh well, why aren't there you know uh, gay people of a certain age? It's because of the HIV and AIDS epidemic it was uh, deliberately allowed to run rampant in the hope of was, killing off yeah, the gays. Exactly, killed off a huge portion of a generation of of, of LGBT people, yeah. and that is a large part of why a lot of people go, "Well, I didn't grow up with anyone gay." Well, they probably died. Yeah, you know, I I, I am of that age where I remember, you know, very early on that advert. I don't know if you've ever seen it, probably referenced as, as a, like a historical thing f- for you but just like this gravestone with just aids carved on it just yeah. collapsing down and and i you know i'm old enough to remember when by you know even the press it was referred aids was referred to as the gay plague yeah like do you get a sense of how how big of a a decimation of that community it was uh, uh i think it's the uh the london gay men's choir uh, the the living members of that uh, stood stood filling um, some some part of a uh, an orchestra hall with uh, people stood in a different outfit for everyone who had died of AIDS. And yes, uh, some of them dressed in black, the rest of them like five of them I think dressed in white. Yeah, it sort of gives you a real like visual sense of oh that in- almost that entire community died. Yeah, and like 
it's so easy to see like oh well you know lgbt people came out of nowhere you know no uh, LG- although only that like even yeah. before that you had like the fact that in the uk they would just either put homosexuals to death or that you know they would be uh, chemically castrated yeah. uh, like s- alan turing uh, section 28 you cannot tell children that gay people exist for example yeah. like it is not a surprise that there are more gay and trans people today than there were a few decades ago because you can tell people that's a thing you're allowed to be and yeah. that knowledge is powerful it's not hey my aunts have lived together in this little cottage and there's only one bedroom but we've never thought about that before yeah yeah they're just very good friends very good friends exactly. one of them also not biologically related exactly like a lot of it is just people who very clearly were gay who either did not have the language for it or were not allowed to call it what it was yeah or we're living in such incredible shame that you know they didn't dare tell anyone exactly lgbt people have existed longer than you know they have always existed history just loves to pretend that they didn't absolutely (sighs) (sighs) yeah yeah Hopefully a couple more months. Yeah. Fingers crossed, yeah. I hope eventually I'll, I'll get me jab. But, uh, it seems like we're heading that way. Yeah, that'd be nice, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm going to get, get a cup of tea. Sleep well, Yeah. So, Laura. Yeah. Where can we find you on the internet? Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Uh, I Twitch stream Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. Uh, Every Friday I upload episodes of Accessibility on YouTube, which is a show about accessibility and representation in the games industry. Uh, I've got books. Uh, Uncomfortable Labels is out now. It's about being an autistic trans woman. Things I Learned from Mario's Butt is an illustrated coffee table book of video game character butt reviews, and that's out now as well. And Gender Euphoria is coming out in, like, Three months on June 10th, 2021. It is an anthology of non-cis people's positive gender-affirming stories. Uh, that is probably will have gone to the printers by the time you hear this episode. Uh, we've got all sorts of cool quotes uh, for the cover this week, which I'm very excited about from some cool people. Um, other than that, there is podcasts. There's Pixel Squirt, which is about video game character pornography. Podquisition, where we tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. And Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and now season 8, which goes up the same day as this uh, show. They're all self-contained stories. Season 8, I haven't recorded an episode of it yet, but I will have. By the time you hear this, I'm playing a squidling, which means I'm a cross between a, an illithid, a mind flayer, and a goblin. I've got many tentacles, and I'm adorable. Yeah, you are. Uh, I also do another podcast with you that isn't this one. That's the, the with Polyamory. Yeah. It's a D and D fifth edition real play podcast with questionable morals. Um, we yeah, that goes up every alternate Saturday. I think the last episode of that went up recently. There's been lots of murder of noble folk and freeing of certain cute, adorable animals. <laughs> um, so yeah, check that out. We have lots of fun. Uh, we do that with uh, Phoenix and the Nick Blair. Yeah. Uh, you can listen to that on my SoundCloud or on my YouTube. Um, I also make music under the name Bedroom Program. I have a, sexu- se- a separate SoundCloud for that. Um, someone's 
muscled in on my bedroom programmer. I was oh. the only one when I got it, and now there's another one, and they've got more subscribers than me. Grrr. and also boomers. Hey, are you listening to this? Go check out this bedroom programmer. This one. It's the one with the, like, 80s aesthetic of the person in a room hunched over a computer. Um... <laughs> I got a red bubble. I designed t-shirts. I just um. All right, board game reviews and video game reviews over at StoneMonkeyRadio.blog. Uh, I mentioned my YouTube. I got a Twitter, a Twitch stream on Thursdays around seven thirty UK time. You can check that out. The most important one though is my Patreon. That's the one that pays my bills for as little as a dollar a month. You can help me justify seventy six hour work week and so forth. And that would be really nice. Thank you, please. Um, yeah, for uh, for ten dollars a month, you can get early access to queer and pleasant strangers. Like usually, it goes up on a Wednesday instead of a Sunday. So maybe that's a thing you'd be interested in. Uh, I think that's everything. So Laura, <gasps> things out, please, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. I will. Mm-hmm.